0: Welcome to the Leverage Podcast, where we give you men's dating advice that doesn't suck. I'm your host, Robbie Kramer, a personal growth junkie and dating coach for over 15 years. Tune in each week to learn the latest and greatest strategies to get more dates, make yourself more attractive and confident with the opposite sex in order to meet your perfect 10 and design a lifestyle that makes all your buddies jealous. If you're a regular listener and digging our content, please leave us a five star review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you watch this or listen. But if you don't feel like it's worthy of five stars, um, just go ahead. Don't leave any review at all. And that'd be great. Uh, if you're new to the show, I recommend you download my free dating protocol, which will help you optimize your first dates. I like to connect with my listeners personally. So send me a message on Instagram, say hi, and I'll send you over that PDF to download. You can find me on Instagram at Robbie underscore Kramer. That's R-O-B-B-I-E underscore K-R-A-M-E-R. So, let's dive into the content.
1: All right, what up, guys? We're live. So, we got a pretty cool podcast for you today. We got Robbie Kramer joining us. I was on his podcast, I think, a few months ago. So, uh, he's coming on here. And uh, we're going to talk about Social Circle, which is something you guys always ask me about. It's something that I don't really know that much about. But uh, we got a guy here who knows it. So, let's start off with the introduction. Robbie, you go first, and we'll just go in order.
0: Sure. Uh, what's up, guys? I'm Robbie Kramer i've been a dating coach for the past almost 18 years since like 2006. so been doing this forever um i've lived all over the world lived in ukraine for a while met my wife maria in ukraine a couple years uh a couple years ago before that i had a pretty crazy social circle and um that's how i know anna um and i actually met maria through anna so that was kind of the power of social circle which i'll talk about in a bit Um, but, yeah, I've been, uh, you know, doing this stuff forever, just been obsessed with personal growth and learning how to be the best, you know, version of myself. Uh, so that's Michael intro. As I mentioned, this is my wife, Maria. Uh,
2: yeah, my name is Maria, as you already know. Uh, I'm a model. And, uh, yeah, it's so funny that actually we met through Anna in Kiev. Um, it was summer and Anna, it was COVID, so everything was really closed and... Uh, Anna said that she has a friend and he lives in the center and we maybe can go to smoke shisha with him in his apartments. And I say, yeah, it's a good idea. And she called him, we set up the meeting and we already were on the way to his apartments. And he called her and say, sorry, but I just got my results. I have uh, uh, COVID. And uh, uh, we were shocked, but I say, I I actually don't care much about COVID. And Anna said that, I don't care too. And we went to smoke shisha with him and yeah, and we didn't get COVID and that's how we met.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's a cute little story. Uh, what about you, Anna? What's your, uh, what do you do?
3: Well, actually I'm model two and, uh, right now I'm living in Tel Aviv. Uh, actually I came here before the war, but it's happened that it's happened. So I'm staying here and uh, learning the language. Uh, Robbie and already how much two years I think something like that or even a bit more three yeah a little I
0: more think three three know. and a half
3: yeah we shared one birthday together so uh, the celebration yeah so that's kind of right now that's all okay I'm starting-
1: cool um all right so Robbie so let's let's start from the beginning so what um explain social circle game explain how you got into it and explain the tenets of it
0: sure so prior to anything social circle related. I was a, you know, a student of the game, studied all the pickup stuff for many years. Um, You know, even worked for a seduction company back in the day called Pickup 101. This is dating back since like 2006. And I got to a point where, you know, I approached thousands of women, day game, night game, done all sorts of stuff with online game. I mean, I started in this stuff before online game was even a thing. Like at the time, it was just like plenty of fish. And then you know, it, it, Tinder came online and all the other apps seeking arrangements. So I've obviously studied all that stuff too. But around the time in 2014, I feel like I had kind of hit a plateau when it came to traditional game. Um, and I realized that the the women who I was the most attracted to, you know, call them eights and up, eights and up, right? Um, I was just feeling like there was like this imaginary bubble around them that I didn't have access to, you know, I'd see them at the nightclubs. I'd see them every day, you know, walking down the streets. I was living in New York city, but like just the standard sort of way of hitting on them, like trying to run up to them, trying to get their number. Um, it was, it was a lot more difficult and obviously getting access to them in the nightclubs was difficult too. But around that time, I, I also realized that like I'd go to these nightclubs and I'd see these beautiful girls and I'd sometimes see these promoter tables. I noticed there'd be like two or three promoters and like eight to nine girls. Usually the tables was, were strategically placed in the club, like either next to the DJ booth, right at the entrance. And at first I just thought, oh, cool place, hot huh, girls. I was kind of clueless to what was going on. But then we met some of these promoters and I kind of get a got a like insight into their world. I had them on my podcast and I realized that these guys were crushing at a level with women that was way beyond any of these pickup artists or any of these dating coaches like they had access to these women they were throwing they, they were basically inviting them to nightclubs The nightclubs <laughs> would pay them to bring girls and they'd also give them free alcohol and when i realized that this was like a whole business model and i started understanding like the the tenants of the nightclub industry i realized that maybe there was a way for me to kind of get in with these promoters so that the, what every promoter Usually lacks is money. most promoters are young guys, you know good looking dudes who have good skills with women. and I realized that I could trade with these guys and get access to their tables and their parties. So I had some Airbnbs in New York that was kind of like a side hustle where I'd get apartments and I'd sublet them on Airbnb. So I exchanged one of my Airbnbs uh, so they could turn it into like this fake model house. So what they would do is they'd allow these models who were living in New York. These aren't really real models. These are girls who are like trying to become models uh, living in New York City. And they would have these, these model houses. We called them mohos for short, um, where they'd let girls <laughs> live for free. And in exchange, <laughs> mohos. We call them mohos because like model hoes live in the moho, the model house. Oh right? So the... The, the promoters made money by bringing the girls to the nightclubs, right? But they needed a way to consistently get girls to show up because hot girls are very flaky, as we all know. So it was their idea to like have give these girls free housing in a model house. That way they could wrangle them all and get them to show up to nightclubs very easily. And they get paid by the club, as I mentioned. So I gave them one of our Airbnbs in exchange for access to all of their tables and all of their social circles. So now I was able to just kind of show up on a Friday, Saturday night Even like a Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they partied four or five nights a week at different, at all the best nightclubs around New York City. So I just show up with, uh, you know, and I'd be at these tables with all these models, the promoters that I knew. And what I found very quickly was that all of the stuff I had learned from the game, all of my like flirting tactics, all of my quote unquote game was not working on these girls. Uh, I was just getting blown out left and right. The promoters were, you know, hooking up with the girls at after parties but everything I had learned was like, basically I had to throw it all out the window because it was all coming from like this approach sort of mentality and this, I got to get them interested in me sort of mentality. So after a few months of just really struggling, I realized that the, the fact of me just being there, having the status of being there and having that access was enough to generate attraction. And if I could just kind of chill and not like hit on the girls, actually like be friends with them and be cool and not try to hook up with them. Then I started finally getting results. So everything about like pursuing women got flipped on its head. So then fast forward a few years later, um, I, I'm traveling in Eastern Europe uh, and have some family ties and relations from, uh, from Ukraine. So I, when I went to Ukraine, I just kind of fell in love with the culture, felt like I was at home there and ended up moving there. Um, and in 2019, uh, and so then I built my own sort of social circle. I'd done this in New York with the help of the promoters, but I wanted to kind of do it on my own in a, in a cool place. Um, so I kind of did like the geo hacking thing because Ukraine at the time before the war, of course, was an amazing place to live. The cost of living was extremely low. The dollar went really far. And of course, it's filled with gorgeous women. So that was the draw for me. Um, and so once I went there, I was able to bring my clients over and do coaching workshops and boot camps there as well. Uh, But I really just kind of fell in love with the women, fell in love with the culture. And I did the same thing over there. I got some Airbnb apartments. I opened up like the ability to have girls stay in these apartments if they wanted to when they weren't booked out on Airbnb. Uh, And I created my own sort of little social circle, got some deals with the nightclubs there, started throwing events and hosting parties and took those same kind of concepts. And I can go into those more if you want about not hitting on the girls, friend zoning them, uh, not being kind of like the sleazy pickup guy. And instead, you know, letting that social... I love
1: love being the sleazy pickup guy. That's like my favorite thing. I love being (laughs) sleazy. (laughs) I love Uh, it too. (laughs) Hey, girls. You guys like
0: candy?
1: Yeah? You want a little candy? All right. So what's uh, the...
0: That's what I liked about your stuff, Alex. Um, You know, when I came across your online dating content, I really liked it because it wasn't sleazy. It wasn't pickup-y. It was just like... I felt like it was natural and it was also super efficient and super effective for you know basically taking a woman that you don't know and you know creating those relationships and and i like how you're you know you're very honest you're very upfront with like the way that you just who you are and what you do so that's kind of why i wanted to have you on the podcast in the first place when when you came on mine
1: thanks man i appreciate that okay so what you're saying is actually very similar to what michael sartain says which is interesting because when he first told me that I was like, I don't know if I believe that, but now it's like two people saying the same thing. Uh, so that gives them more credibility. So the, the biggest concern that guys have, obviously, is being friend zoned. It's like, yeah, you know, if I don't show my intent, the girl will friend zone me. Uh, you're saying that when it comes to social circle, it doesn't work like that. Can you explain that a little more? Like, how do you avoid sure. being friends if you're not
0: showing any interest? This is the important part. And this is what so all guys, you know, once they hear about my content or they hear about social circle game from someone like me or Michael Sartain, they're like, oh, I want to do that because who wants to do the approaching thing and deal with that rejection? And, you know, who wants to actually transform themselves into into that guy? Like pick up is hard. The problem is, if you don't do that, if you don't get over your fear of rejection, if you don't learn to approach, if you don't kind of go through those trials and tribulations that make you that attractive man and you do the social circle thing, you're just gonna get friend zoned all the time and you're gonna get no love. And I see that all the time with clients, they wanna skip that process. So I say, no, you, you don't get to do that. You gotta do, because what happens when you approach, when you do day game, when you're out there like going on dates, getting in reps, getting rejected, failing, you're learning, you're not just like you know hooking up, I mean, that comes from it, but you're also learning to be the most attractive version of yourself. So you don't get to skip that part. You've got to go through that work, because if you don't, you are just going to get friends on these environments, because women can tell if you're a phony or you're actually confident or not, right? Like, hot women, they're going to sniff you out within a matter of milliseconds, just by, like, they're going to take one look at you, all right, his fashion sucks, I can tell by the way he's looking at me, he's super intimidated, he's a he's a nerd, he's just like, I'm not, a, I'm not in it. Yeah. Um, so, what I'm saying is, like, basically, yeah, you... you you can't do this stuff if you don't have at least a solid fundamental base of being an attractive guy. But once you are an attractive guy, if, you then, if you're then not thirsty and you're just cool and you kind of treat the girls like your friends and you're not outrageously trying to hit on them, with really attractive women, this is going to be a way bigger generator of attraction because what do really hot women get? I mean, you can ask them. They get hit on all the time right they're constantly being bombarded with interest so when they meet a guy who's attractive but not hitting on them they like whoa that's interesting i wonder why this guy isn't chasing me in fact that's weird i'm i need him i want to get validated by him chasing me and the more that they're searching for that validation yeah. the more they're going to chase you so the act of not hitting on them and having other women around which creates competition anxiety is what gets you the hottest women and you've got to be patient in this game if you're going to play the social circle game it takes a long time. You got to build it up. And if you start hooking up with the girls and getting a bad reputation or you start striking out with the girls, all, they're going to tell everyone else. They're going to be like, this guy, you know, he these, throws these parties, but he's kind of creepy or he's kind of weird. And that one kind of knock on your reputation is going to fuck it all up. So okay. you got to be very strategic about it. You got to be patient. You got to not be thirsty. And then eventually it's kind of like farming versus hunting. I like to use that analogy, right? Like you can go out there and you can hunt, you can approach, you can be doing all the online dating stuff, but you're just basically, you know, you can build a rotation of women into your life that way. But if you want like true abundance and to kind of live like, you know, like Dan Blazarian or like Hugh Hefner, like these guys that we see in in our culture, like I lived that lifestyle and it was because I didn't hit on girls. I wasn't thirsty. I wasn't chasing them. I only hooked up with the ones who clearly wanted to hook up with me, and all I did to facilitate that was throw consistent, high-value events with cool guys and a huge ratio of women to men. I'd always aim for like a three-to-one ratio because hot girls, which is kind of counterintuitive, you guys would rather be at a party with more women than more men.
2: Of course, because when there is a lot of men, it's so tricky you know it's scary you don't want to be there and when you see a group full of beautiful women you trust these people even like someone invites you to their table and if there is like five dudes and two girls you won't go to this table right but if there is three guys and ten girls you're like oh my god these guys are amazing and girls are so beautiful so you will join them for sure
1: Wait, are you saying you don't want to to be at a dark place late at night with like a 100 random guys that you don't know? I thought every girl was all about that. Okay, that's interesting. We're learning a lot today. No, I I, I hear what you're saying. There's comfort and trust. Okay, so going back to the sexual interest thing. So would you say that when you're doing this, you're showing zero sexual interest or just a very minimal amount of sexual interest? Like, are you completely waiting? Because Danville's, I mean, fucking uh, Michael Sartain says that, he completely lets the girl make the first move. He shows no sexual interest. Are, are you doing that as well? Or you're showing like at least a little bit of sexual interest?
0: Uh, I'm I'm doing the basically like the minimum effective dose to, to be flirty and to be fun. But I'm never pushing it across the line where I'm making the girl uncomfortable or I'm making it obviously known that I'm into her and chasing her. So like Anya is a good example. Like when we met, on it? did I ever, like, hit on you or blatantly, like, try to hook up with you or anything like that?
3: Nothing. We just of totally been uh, friend zone, like, really, like, friends. Nothing ever happened. Uh, we were uh, going out together. I was coming to your place just to smoke sisa or to eat something, but nothing. No. It'd
1: be funny if Ana exposed you. She's like, you sent me dick pics
0: for, like, three months. What are you talking about?
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, I need to say this <laughs>
0: <laughs> so with And the interesting thing is when I met Anna, um, we were at a party and I could tell she was like a little bit of like a fish out of water. You know, there's lots of hot girls at the party, but I could tell she was like more intellectual than most of these other girls. She was and, and she was I felt like she was a little bit like overwhelmed by the experience because it was like a crazy sort of place and, and crazy sort of people. And so I kind of took her aside and I like basically I, I noticed that. And so I made her feel comfortable and like I didn't do what a lot of the other guys were doing, which was hitting on her. And then later on, like that's when when we like went back to Kiev. Um, you know, we were able to like grow this cool friendship. And obviously, I met Maria through Anna. So like, try the, the the mentality that you have to change if you're going to do social circles, you got to stop trying to hook up with every hot girl. Because if you do that, you're just going to kill your social circle, right? So that you know, it's I I I don't think I'm as aggressive like hardcore like I know Marco Sartain says like treat every girl exactly like a bro like fart around and burp around them like yeah you know I might do some of that stuff but I'm not going to like go out of my way to like totally I'm still going to treat them like a girl I'm still going to be like fun and flirtatious I'm just not going to show any interest that's going to potentially reject me I want her to be unclear if I'm interested or not
1: Okay. I understand. Okay. Got it. So let's, let's, uh, let's go back to the uh, actually organizing this whole thing. So you had a pretty cool advantage that you had some Airbnb so you could do a value trade. Let's do a hypothetical. Let's say you have a guy who doesn't have like any Airbnbs How and he's in the new city. How can
0: he go about implementing this or starting this? Sure. Yeah. I, I teach this a lot to the guys that I work with because obviously, you know, sometimes you're going to have a value proposition like that. And I always tell guys to be looking for that sort of thing. Like, look, how can I give value to this other high value guy who has a resource I want? So that should always kind of be like your long term thinking. But if you don't, there's actually ways that you could do this, even if you have nothing. So, for example, like, let's say you live in New York or, you know, you have two or three other wingmen who are also going out and kind of like doing the same thing as you. They're approaching girls or even one wingman. Rather than like use promoters to find girls, you can do this yourself. You could do, you could use online dating to source women. You could use day game. You could use night game, whatever you're going to do. You have to source women from one, one of four ways. You got like online dating, day game, night game, or social circle, right? So if you're to find girls for your social circle, you got to source them from somewhere. So let's say, you know, you're my buddy, Steve. And Steve's out there. We're, we're doing a bunch of day game in New York City, right? that's a very
1: nice long head of hair
0: that you have there, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. So rather than, you know, taking my day game leads out on dates and trying to hook up with them, I might do just like a really short, quick, you know, grab drinks or grab coffee date just to get to know, you know, the, the girl I'm going out with. But I'm not really going to hit on her. I'm not going to try to escalate on her unless she's making it totally obvious that she wants to hook up like then and there. And instead, once I've kind of built that initial connection, I'm going to set up, you know, weekly po- sort of parties or bi-weekly parties with my wingman Steve here. And we're going to invite all the girls that we know to those parties. They could be like, I mean, whatever you're interested in, you could do like a wine tasting thing. You could do a game night. You could do like a sushi, night. A sushi party. You could just do drinks. Like the more creative you can get about hosting these parties, the better. And now rather than me only meeting the girls that I meet through day game, I'm meeting... Both that girl, the girl who shows up, is probably gonna bring a friend, cause no girl wants to come to like yeah, a yeah
2: you won't go alone. You're not gonna go alone, <laughs> right? And then
0: my friend, two or three friends, and then Steve, my wingman, is doing the same thing, and he's bringing girls, and maybe I got one other wingman who's doing the same thing. So the, if you do this without a wingman, it's basically impossible, cause you can't just throw a party by yourself and have yeah. a bunch of girls show up. But yeah. if you have at least one wingman or even wing women who can bring more girls then you could do this very easily. I have a client who's actually using seeking arrangements to do this whole thing. Like he doesn't approach. He has crazy anxiety, but he's an attractive guy. Um, I guess it's only called seeking now, but he forces all of his leads on seeking. He throws parties once a month, makes a cool theme, makes a cool flyer for the party, like a funny sort of uh, meme. He can text to the girls that he's meeting. He takes them on a quick little date, builds some attraction, doesn't escalate, invites them to the party. And then at the party, you get the advantage of all the status and the social proof, having other women there competing for your attention. You're the host, so it puts you in that position of power and you replicate that model. You just do that consistently and you quickly build you know, your reputation around town as a cool guy who throws cool parties. The more women you have there, the cooler guys that want to show up. And it's a, you know, it's a process that builds on itself.
1: Put a one in the chat if you wish that all Steve's looked like this.
2: <laughs> also it's uh, really good to be a dj or a bartender
1: or,
0: or a photographer or a
2: photographer yeah
0: there's yeah there's all these different things there's all these different shticks you could have like my shtick, right is was airbnb i had these properties and i could leverage them uh to have girls stay in them i could leverage them to, for promoters to Turn them into fake model houses, right? But if you don't have that, if you're a photographer, you can meet a lot of women by you know offering photo shoots. You can build your Instagram following that way. If you're a DJ, you could do this. Uh, if you have some other job that's somehow related in the hot, you know, hot girl uh, adjacent sort of profession, that's what you're kind of looking for. You need something that's like in the hot girl realm, and finding like creative ways to leverage that. Is kind of what yeah. it's
1: about well, I, th- I think again um my question is this uh so you're saying like you're using like you would source like from tinder or seeking uh do like why not hook up with the girls and then do the same thing because i feel like you would have much more leverage if you've already had sex with the girl she's much more invested couldn't wouldn't the method be better if you like have sex with the girls first and then you add them to the social circle
0: or what do you think well if you have sex with them first you start dealing with massive drama because she's gonna show up and if she feels any sort of like, um, you know, claim to you, right? And she sees a bunch of other girls there mm. and she likes you. There's likely going to be quite a bit of drama there.
2: Huge drama.
0: And and basically, <laughs> and you just drama. look like a massive player doing that. So I like to make the distinction between a player versus a fuckboy, right? Yeah. A player is a guy who women look, they don't like that word because it assumes that he's tricking them. He's kind of offering something that that's fake like he's offering the idea of like be in a relationship with me i'm an awesome guy hook up with me and then he's going to do that with a bunch of other women so that makes him a player but a fuck boy is kind of just like a guy who gets laid a lot he's annoying to girls because he fucks so many girls but at least he's honest he's yeah. like this is who i am i'm a fuck boy i'm not a player so what i always tell my clients is it's okay to be a fuck boy and you you can even be respected as a fuck boy it's
2: attractive for girls
0: Players are dishonest. So when you do when you hook up with them before and you're the one sort of making that happen quickly, you're gonna get labeled as a player. Versus if you if you get her attracted to you but you don't make the move, instead you invite her to your party, and then she's the one who's kind of making the moves on you because she has all this anxiety from other women competing for your attention. Well, first it's gonna turn her on more. Second, she's gonna make the move on you. And third, when it comes time for like her to say, well, why, why aren't you monogamous with me? You'd be like, "Yo, you like hooked up with me at the party. You knew what I was doing. You knew what I was about. Like, look at my lifestyle. Like, it'd be absurd for her to to like have any sort of claim or drama over you at that point."
1: Okay. Um, can you explain how your client is using seeking to do this? What's the what's the methodology? Oh.
0: So yeah, he basically so he he's a very attractive dude in the first place. So he's kind of got that like crossed off the list at least. Like if if, if you're like I said totally dorky this isn't going to work but he's an attractive guy he has he has like a decent amount of money but he's not paying these girls and he's not using money as a as a way to to do that he's just on seeking what he'll do is he'll set up a date um you know he'll they'll do some back and forth with the girl he sends a very kind of standard boilerplate message which is like hey i'm i'm an experienced guy on this site um actually i can just read it to you
1: yeah so, sure that'll be cool
0: yeah
2: We're
0: just
2: beautiful. I know how a lot to speak about.
0: So his standard opener is, "You look lovely, or you look cute." I'm an exper- I'm experience. I'm experienced with seeking, based out of, you know, LA. I prefer a quality connection rather than a one-time soulless meeting. So if we have great chemistry, I'm open to something. I'm going. I know how to make this experience easy and fun, and to make sure you get what you want. If you want to, if you want to see, feel free to send me your number or Instagram. Right. So it's just a very sort of straightforward, I'm not fucking around. I know what I'm doing sort of message. And girls will respond right away with like their number, their Instagram. And his job is to really source new girls on Seeking. Cause any girl who's been on Seeking for too long, she's either a pro or she's you really good. You
2: want
1: to get the young, innocent ones, that ones that are more <laughs> malleable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you want to get the ones who like have been on the site, like oh, okay. preferably less than two weeks. You can put that in the filters on yeah. on that site, right? And then you're 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 looking for the girls who are actually looking for a boyfriend and who just don't want a broke dude, because yeah. a lot of broke. girls go on seeking because they want a guy who has some money. He's not just some broke yeah, idiot, Tinder, yeah. right?
1: You're right so about that, yeah.
0: Yeah. So you're sending that message out to girls. They're going to quickly be like, okay, here's my here's my number, here's my Instagram. You're going to set up a date. And you're just going to do a casual, he does a casual short little drinks date. And at the sometimes he hooks up with those girls if they're showing like a massive amount of interest. But I've been coaching him to not do that because I want him to to wait and to be patient and to have them come to the parties. And what happens is you, you actually, it's better if you don't hook up with those girls. It's better if you hook up with the friends of those girls because then it's even less drama. Uh, and then that girl who you made the initial connection with like she's going to, if she likes you and she likes the parties and it's a cool vibe, she's going to keep coming back. And
2: bring so, more girls. Yes.
1: exactly
2: Sure.
0: I
1: think though. okay. So I think that the big thing a lot of guys would uh, think when they're, when they're listening to this is like, damn, that sounds cool, but it's a lot of work. Uh, is there any way to like. It's not
2: easy to hook up with girls. It's,
0: it's a lot of work. <laughs> with beautiful so, girls. So is approaching. So is a ton of online dating. Like you're. Anything you're doing is a lot of work. You know what I mean? This is just a lot of work on the front end for a huge, like, cornucopia of, of sex on demand and, like, a ridiculous lifestyle on the back end.
1: Okay. So you're saying you're doing the work up front with, like, but then in the end, it starts paying off. It's like kind of like investing, right? Like, you're not really seeing much oh, no. Okay. I, I get that um what do you do okay because a lot of guys also don't have like nice places where they can throw parties right like they live right. maybe with roommates and stuff like that what what would you tell a guy like that like where how can they do the party thing so if you're
0: totally if you're totally broke and you're trying to pull this off it's going to be very difficult if you're totally broke then you need to partner with a guy who has money and has resources maybe has a nice place and he's
2: worse than you so you can help him with girls <laughs> and he can help with the place
1: mm, exactly okay found some like rich loser, right? Like someone who has money, not yeah. good with Luke Gerardale. Okay.
0: And there's so many rich losers out there. The A majority lot. of guys with money are, are fucking horrible. Like they don't understand this stuff and they never get better because their ego's too tied into it. Uh and they're they're happy to drop, you know, thousands of dollars and on bottle service and host these sort of parties and never get any love. Like that's what I mentioned earlier. Like, if you don't go through the process of making yourself attractive and you're just rich you're going to be one of those guys getting friend zoned at your own parties.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So what's, so let's say you go through, you, you organize a social circle. You follow, like, for example, you message girls off seeking, you set up a bunch of dates, you get, you start doing parties. What's, is there a level above that?
0: Yeah. The level above that is you do trips. So once you have like a really cool group of, of girls and guys, and you want to kind of take it to that next level and you want to make it like, like just a cool part of your lifestyle like for me I wanted to have hot girls around me all the time you know when I was single and when I was going through that like bachelor phase I'm 40 now and like I'm so happy to to be married and to be out of that because I did that to like a ridiculous (laughs) like a ridiculous amount like my entire like age 33 through 39 I was like perpetually like living on yachts going to parties and villas and castles like all around and just had a, a ton of hot girls around me because I kind of set this stuff up. Oh my god, your dog's amazing. We have a husky. Oh over my here. god. Is
2: this Malamut?
0: <laughs> no, he's a Husky. A husky. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> our dog's in Texas. So um, that back to back to what I was saying. I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, but so I was setting wait, what was the question? It was uh,
1: <laughs> uh, what's the level of all <laughs> <laughs> that?
0: Oh right, so once you have, like, a very cool following, um, you know, where, where you have these women in your life, you have some cool guys, like, it's really easy to plan, like, a weekend trip to, like, a music festival. That's what we first started doing when I was doing this in the U.S. We would do, like, a Coachella trip. We'd run a house. The guys would all pay for it, typically, because, you know, hot girls usually don't have money. Um, but we'd all throw in on on the house and on the booze and on the, you know, the, the wristbands for the event. Uh, we'd bring a bunch of girls, make sure the ratios in our favor. And we'd have like a cool two or three day party. We did this in the Hamptons. We did it for our Basil down in Miami a couple of years in a row. Um, and then like, as that network grew and grew, you're just going to meet more beautiful women, more guys with money. Like what every guy with money doesn't have is hot chicks. And if he, he sees that. that you're able to bring hot chicks around all the time, these guys will throw money at you literally like come on my come to my villa come on my yacht like i got a fucking house in, you know in italy let's do a party in lake como so that's what we did like we threw a party at a at the one of the pope's castles in uh in italy like an hour north of rome we were throwing parties on maldives yachts and doing stuff there Uh, i did a bunch of parties in ukraine uh we just we just did one in berlin one of my clients is uh you know, loaded guy. He's got a, a bunch of real estate in Berlin and a bunch of the refugees, like hot girls who were in Ukraine that were now in Berlin. Like we we did an immersion and an event there. Um, so once you have the girls, the rest of it kind of follows. So if you build the skills to like, you know, become good with women and then your ability to make friends with them and have them in your life, the rest of the stuff become very easy. And like I said, the trips are fun because a, like it's just like a cool, fun experience. Like you're traveling with a bunch of hot girls and your close guy friends. It's really not that much more expensive if you were to like, you know, stay in a city and do like bottle service or something like that. And you're funding your lifestyle through other guys with money who don't have the skills with women. So you kind of like can join all those resources together. And if you want like if if you want to rent a house, have a bunch of cute girls live there. Um, I mean, Andrew Tate's a good example of that. Like you see. You, you it's what, once once you have hot girls in your life like the money kind of comes and you can kind of build your own sort of cool lifestyle based on whatever the fuck you want to do really
1: okay got it people are saying anna's frozen anna's not frozen she's just staying very still she's not moving okay that's pretty interesting let me let me ask actually anna a question well, how, how do you okay you live in tel aviv uh, you're a pretty girl. How do you um, how do you typically meet guys? Like, think about the last guy that you either dated or slept with. How did you meet him?
3: Well, actually, right now I'm in relationship already over a year. Okay. So I kind of not, of course, uh, guys coming to approach me everywhere, especially in Tel Aviv, it's super in common. Even I think more often than in Kiev. Um, but uh, I can say that the biggest trust, Robbie is right. Um, feel for the guys in the parties not like just the party in the club but in the friends party you're coming your friend invited you and uh, there is a friend of a friend and you always can ask some questions around like who is this guy should I trust him and that is more interesting when uh, guys are coming to you on the street you're immediately trying to feel like you're feeling like i'm not sure i want that and uh I think, like, 80% of the guys who came to me on the street, they were rejected, I guess so. So, yeah. How did you meet
1: your your boyfriend?
3: Actually, yes, it was the same. It was uh, the friend's dinner. Uh, A friend of mine invited me. I also take... uh, Actually, he was really... The day before this event, I posted a story with one girl, and this friend, he really liked this girl. He said, okay, I want that you will introduce it to her to me, and I know that she will never answer me on Instagram. So bring it, uh, please, to dinner. I was like, okay, and uh, I brought uh, the girl, and friend of this friend, he brought uh, my boyfriend. So it's happened that the two chairs together was like empty, so we sat and uh, we begin the conversation. So it's kind of also was kind of the friends event. Okay. Yeah. Social
0: oh, circle power. Well, yeah. The, the interesting thing that I found, and I I think I mentioned this earlier, is once once girls get above like an eight, nine, like the odds of them actually going out with a guy that they met through like cold approach or online dating gets drastically lower because they have hot friends and they're constantly being invited to cool stuff, and they would w- way rather go out with a guy that's been vetted through their social circle than some random guy from the internet or from a day game approach, right? So like you can occasionally like score a, you know, really high level girl because she's on the rebound. Like I got some hot girls from online dating sites on the rebound. Obviously the problem with seeking is I always make the, the analogy that like you're fishing with dynamite in a toxic Lake, you know, there's a lot of girls on there, but there's a lot of girls on there that have issues. So it can be a great sort of lead magnet to meet other hot girls. But ultimately, if you can build a social circle, it's going to be the most reliable form of beautiful women because hot girls know hot girls and hot girls want to, like, go to cool events. So if you can be the guy creating those events, you're positioned to, to succeed.
1: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I can see that. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's take some questions. So, guys, if you have any questions for Robbie, Anna, Maria, uh, let us know in the chat. Uh, okay, let's see what we have. is going with the boys is the way to do it. Party, just each other. Have you have you seen Robbie? Have you seen a lot of like ultra rich dudes who like super desperate and like can't get girls at all? I see quite a lot of them in Miami.
0: Oh my god, they're like a they dime a dozen. Like most guys make a make a choice kind of like as they're graduating college around the age of like early twenties. They either focus on social skills and girls or they focus on money. And the problem with our culture is they tell us to focus on money. And they say, oh, just make a bunch of money and the girl thing, you'll just that'll just kind of happen, right? You'll meet her on a park bench somewhere. Serendipity will, will take over. Right. And all of these guys have the same thing in common. They, you know, they go hardcore into whatever they're doing. If they're really successful, they become, you know, extremely rich, which makes it even harder for them to get help and advice. And the richer they get, the more they think that they matter because everyone kind of sucks their dick, right? Not women, but all guys do. <laughs> so they take women on these fucking boring like wine dates where they talk about their fucking wine collection or they show, up, you know, they try to impress them with their car. They go the like, I'm the provider sort of route. And then sure. that's what they get. They only get sugar babies. They only get girls who are interested in them for their material things. And they never get that real awesome experience of like a girl really being attracted to them, in love with them. And like you know, being like really sort of that relationship is what they're missing, and that's the toughest part is getting over their ego. So the guys like like I made a very conscious decision at twenty three to invest in my social skills and kind of, I mean, I wish I could say I made that con- that decision consciously, but really I was just like a horny twenty three year old and I, <laughs> you know, I wanted to get laid, and I thought that like getting into the dating stuff and the pickup stuff would be the big like the biggest. Um, you know, improvement for my life. Um, so I did get into that, but the longer you wait, obviously, the harder it is. And there's just so many rich guys out there with money, with no game, and now they're at this like kind of impasse in their life where they're not willing to go back and learn these skills because their ego is too big. The only way that they do come back is when they get divorced. And you know, they're in, I work with a lot of guys in their like 40s who are divorced, they got a kid or two, and they're like, you know, I never got this stuff handled. I got married to the hottest girl that I knew when I was like right out of college. And now I'm like, what the fuck do I do? Like, and, and it's tough for those guys. They can do it. Like the guy I mentioned, who's crushing it on seeking. He's, he's in his late thirties. He's got a kid and, and a couple of divorces under his belt, but now he's going through the process that I went through in my early twenties. So the, you know, that's not as good. <laughs>
1: Well, let me ask a hypothetical question to the ladies. Let's start with you, Anna. So you have a choice between a guy who's really rich but is really socially awkward. He has, like, no social skills. Or you have a guy who has really good game, really good social skills, but he's poor. Which one of those would you rather date?
3: Well, it's... You know, you you can't really choose between these two. It's uh, about anything. You would not prefer to have any other ones. But uh, I think that... Usually girls will not want to stand with uh, poor guys. Of course, there are many girls who will think like, oh, I think I see he's super cool. In in 10 years, he can be super rich, so I will stay with him and I will support him. But in 10 years, it's nothing. And she's like, okay, I lost my 10 years for this guy. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I would prefer the guy with money. But also, I don't know if I wasn't there. And I don't know if I was not be able to have the conversation with the guy. I'm not sure I was also want. To, I would also want to stay with him. So it's kind of a difficult question. I'm not really able to answer it for 100 percent. But 67 percent, 60-70 percent goes to the rich guy.
1: Okay. What about you, Maria?
3: Like
2: your question is so radical, you know, or like insanely rich or really poor. It's like never happened like this. Obviously, I don't want to have a guy who earns less money than me, right? Because uh, before I met Robbie, I worked a lot and I earned like a lot of money. And I was thinking to buy a flat in uh, Kiev and everything. And obviously, like if I can afford to go to the restaurants and pay for myself right i don't want a guy be able to bring me to this restaurants and pay for me right and some guys they're like i don't go to restaurants i would rather walk in the park or something i don't want to change my lifestyle that i have and i able to afford to like lower level because he doesn't have money to like be with me on the same level that's uh, obviously i want to have a guy who is uh, like like earns more money than me, but it shouldn't be like really rich guy. Obviously, if he's really attractive and uh, he has a good game. Uh, like I probably will date this guy.
0: Okay, well, let me take Great. a quick stab too. So the which guy would you rather have, Robbie? <laughs> I'd ra- I'd rather have the rich guy. Um, <laughs> so so women can be very attracted to a guy's potential. So if you're broke and
1: no. and,
0: and you're no, and, no his potential. <laughs> So like if I'm broke but yeah, I'm no. really cool and I'm and you see that I'm going somewhere in my life, you're gonna be more attracted to me than just like you might fuck the guy for who's rich and who can give you this life, but you're never gonna really love that guy. You know he's always just gonna be like a sugar daddy for you.
2: No, but the thing is Anna mentioned also like she see the potential that poor like guy and after she spent 10 years on him and and he's still poor well, you have to
0: believe this potential is real you know and- <laughs> it's a
2: gamble <laughs> it's total gamble but you like in 10 years, you're 10 years older, you know, and it's not like your breakup with him and you're already like 35 and you are thinking that you can find such an amazing guy because he will look for like younger girls. That's why it won't work this way because men, you like at 45, you're so cool. You have money and everyone likes you when you're a woman and you're 45. No one wants you. Everyone wants girls girl that like 20, 25 or like like 30.
0: Yeah, you got to weigh those options in. But, you know, women have demonstrated over time that they'd rather share... A high value alpha guy, um, then like be with a, a beta loser. So that we can just look at, you know. What do you think about that? Like that? You
1: look you're, look, you're looking at Robbie like you're about to, like, I don't know, like beat him with like a fucking broomstick or something. <laughs> do, you, do you agree with that statement or?
2: No, like I agree with some uh, stuff. Like it, it depends on like girls. It's like some girls that like like six, seven, they, they will be agree with potential 100%. They like the guy. He has a nice game. He's attractive. And they think that he has a potential and he will grow his business and everything. Yeah. But it's the question if the guy wants to have a girl and she's like six or seven, right? Because a lot of guys, they want like nine and 10. But to have nine and 10, You already need to have something.
0: Yeah, you got to be the full package. If you want to date 9s and 10s, you better be a 9 or a 10. Yeah, because if you're 6, you cannot have 9. You got to have game, you got to have money, you have to show potential, you need to be cool. You know, otherwise, you're just, you're trying to date up and that's not going to work for very long.
1: No. Okay. Uh, Explain how a dude would filter out the gold diggers versus the women who generally like you for you, assuming social circle game is what we're talking about.
0: So the gold diggers are going to usually make that very clear. Um, you know, they're they're not going to show up to your party unless, you know, <laughs> you they, they're like, I have a three hundred dollar paper meet. And if you don't pay that, I'm not coming. So that's a pretty obvious way to filter them out. Um, the guy that I mentioned who's who's doing this in Austin, he's actually OK to pay the, like an, an initial PPM for the first date and then he'll never pay again. So like the girl might have a filter on seeking. To be like, I'm not, I, I charge 200 bucks for the first, you know, t- to hang out. And that's that's my thing. So he'll do that. He'll do the first meeting and then he'll invite them to the party. And if she ever brings up money again, he'll be like, listen, I'm not about that. Um, you know, as you can see, I do cool stuff. I throw cool events. Uh, we can go do expensive stuff, but I'm not going to pay you. That just feels grimy to me. And uh, I'd say like 75% of the girls that he's done that with are cool with that like even the ones that he paid on the first meet and he's only paying maybe like 10% of those on the first meet. So the the clear gold diggers are just like not going to accept anything but like a cash transaction going forward and the girls who are open to like finding a cool boyfriend or you know just being around cool people they're they're going to weed themselves in.
1: Okay. Here's another question, Rob. When did you when you did night gaming in NYC before Sochoka, which was better, lounges with entrances or bars?
0: Well, if so, lounges with entrance fees, um, I guess he means, like, clubs. Usually in, in New York City, like...
2: No, no, it depends. Do girls need to pay for this entrance fees or it's only for guys?
0: Is it free uh, for girls?
2: Because it's if it's, it's not free far. for girls, you so, won't find okay. girls there. <laughs> I'm assuming, you know,
1: I'm every, every place is, like, free for girls, I mean, like...
0: Yeah. yeah. Not like, all of them. So, yeah. the, you know, if you do... So, there's a few different things you can do. Most, most of the time, if there's an entrance fee... Um, You know, you're you're dealing with kind of like a mid-level place that's that's and, and you want to kind of stay away from the mid-level places, in my experience, um, unless it's like a huge place like there's this uh, there, there's in, in New York City. I, I forget it's in the uh, meatpacking district. It's like a beer garden. Standard beer garden is, is, is the place. And I think they've got like a ten dollar entry fee but it's an entry fee for everyone. It's a huge venue. There's tons of girls, tons of guys. there. usually not like usually like a one-to-one or more guys and girls sort of situation. But because there's so many girls, enough girls, it can be a good place to approach. But if you're doing like social circle game, the whole thing is you want to have enough hot girls. So you can walk up to any place and be like, listen, I'm not paying the entrance fee because I'm bringing three or four hot girls. They're going to let you in. You walk up to a nightclub with four smoke shows, the guy's going to be like yeah come on in and you can even sit with this promoter cuz they they'll gladly take you right like you want to be the guy who shows up with the resources not the guy like you know paying for access and you can you can create that before you ever go to a club and that was my thing i would hack the system by bringing hot girls to the club or going with other guys who already had hot girls so you want to circumvent circumvent that before you even do it if you want to go out and like hit on girls at the, at dive bars Go to like college areas, go to like the East Village, go to Greenwich Village where there's a bunch of like young girls going out to like these these bars and just do approaches. But that's what I would kind of recommend.
1: Let's do one more question. What are the most common, easy or not so obvious mistakes that guy trying to grow a circle needs to be careful about now completely ruined it for him, forcing him to start from scratch again? So your question is like, what are the most common mistakes guys make doing this?
0: So picking a bad wingman is probably the first mistake. Because if, if the wingman you have isn't on the same page um, and he's just trying to like hook up with every girl and he's the type of guy who will kind of like stab you in the back or talk shit on you to other girls, like the whole thing is just going to – it's not going to develop or it's going to fall apart when it starts to develop. So really having the same sort of psychology as your wingman, understanding that it's a long-term process because you guys are a team. Like everything you do together – is is either going to make or break and that's the hardest part it's not finding the girls it's actually finding the guys to do this with because most guys suck most guys are you know they got their ego they're not really like open to coaching they kind of want to do it their way so whether that and and that can be tough too if you don't have money and you kind of partner with a guy who does have money then there could be like another sort of sense of friction there because the guy with money is going to try to make the rules so i'd say that's a huge mistake and obviously just being creepy And hitting on the girls too much at the parties. Like if you have a ratio (laughs) that's in your favor and you've already put in the work to like make yourself an attractive guy, you're gonna succeed. If you notice that you're getting friend zoned or your parties aren't producing any results, you need to go back to drawing board. You know, do some approaches, get over your anxiety. Like if you're afraid of hot girls, like if they're so intimidating where you like totally lose yourself and your presence around them. They needed to go back to the drawing board. You need to go on more dates, get in reps, and build that success. So when you do have this, you know, opportunity, you're able to capitalize on it.
3: Yeah, I've got a oh. guy in my story. He was stalking me for one year, calling me from different numbers just because <laughs> I asked on the first date I was just like, no, thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gotta be interesting being an attractive girl. You probably get like all kinds of crazy DMs. Yeah, oh my like, god. A lot. Like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. she's a, a, a huge Saudi Arabia
0: and like <laughs> fucking give you a camel that you can ride if you fuck me or something.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh the shit that she shows oh me, even these guys know she's married, like they I'm all over her Instagram, like you know, they they, they still don't stop.
3: Yeah,
2: they you don't know? care.
0: They don't care. Yeah, they don't just care. the, the amount of thirst out there is ridiculous. Yeah, come on, yeah.
3: recently I told some guy on the street that uh I have a boyfriend. And he said to me that uh, boyfriend is not a wall he can move. Yeah. I heard it saying before from the girls, but not from the guys. So it was.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah. Okay. This was, so, Robbie, so where can guys find you? Where can guys check out your content? Uh, where can they get your coaching? Like, what should they do?
0: Sure. So, if you go to innerconfidence.com, um, I'm over there. I've got a podcast as well that you were a guest on. It's called The Leverage Podcast. Uh, you can find that on like iTunes, Spotify, all the spots. Um, and then I have a, an ongoing mentorship program called the Leverage Group. And uh, the coolest thing about that is you get linked up with other guys around the world that you can literally like start doing the social circle stuff with. You get kind of download all the psychology stuff and, and become the guy who can figure this out. And then I can kind of plug you in with other guys where you can do this with. In different cities, we got some guys in Berlin, we got some guys in New York City, we got some guys down in Medi in Colombia. Uh, we had a bunch of guys in Kiev before the war, but that's kind of the coolest part. It's like a brotherhood of dudes who are all on the same page, um, you know, doing the work, whether that's the beginner stuff all the way up to this really advanced social circle stuff. So I wanna let you guys know, we've opened up a few spots in our exclusive mastermind program called the Leverage Group. We're accepting applications. If you wanna join our select group of men, and experience a radical power of accountability, stop procrastinating on your goals, cross everything off your sexual bucket list, and become a beast who gets more stuff done. To learn more and apply, go to innerconfidence.com slash leverage. Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.